Meet Yelp for Restaurants. Not the software company, but the people who love restaurants so much they formed a team dedicated to our industry. Before Catherine joined the customer success team, she managed the modern in New York. Yeah, that modern. Before Julia joined the team, she worked at Oshaval in Chicago for half a decade. Yelp is for restaurants because our people are restaurant people. Meet the new Yelp at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast. Now here we go. You give a lot of yourself to be a part of something like this. You also get to impact a lot in that whole process. Food, I hope, will never get old. I hope we'll never get to the point of just having an injection and be done with it. I hope we always enjoy and find food in new ways and innovative ways and continue to enjoy that. We are in the business of giving joy. So why shouldn't we enjoy that process? Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. If I didn't work for me, I'd want to work for Raji Sankar. I'd argue that I'd probably have more fun working for Raji. Her confidence, the way she inspires, her ability to put us at ease, even in stressful situations, is the result of thoughtful, intentional leadership. Today's conversation is a masterclass in mastering intention. It's about becoming the leader in building a business that you can be proud of, even in the toughest of times. Her restaurant, Chula, represents the absolute best our industry has to offer. And I couldn't be more excited to share her story with you today. So we spent years as students, avid students of human performance excellence. What is it that gives one person 24 by seven a week and they are able to create an apple? And then there is another person who is able to create amazing work in athletics, another person who is able to create that magic through food, right? Or a Walt Disney. And the same thing. And there are times where we find the week to be not as meaningful. And that's also very real. So how do you be at your peak potential? So that's what we've always been students of. And so we went through Maslow's hierarchy. We studied Joie de Weave's peak. We studied all kinds of things. And we ended up with a vision saying, we're going to transform the quality of lives of everyone we touch. And that's a pretty bold statement, right? That means... Whether it's a vendor partner who comes in and feels that or a team member having that impact that they can take home or a guest feels that it's not a transaction, it was something way beyond and impacted their day in a very positive way. And obvious shareholders, right? And communities are a very big part of it. So that's really what the fundamental is. And then how do we do that? Well, our way is to delight them each and every time, not just the first time we met. We can't give ourselves grace that, hey, we screwed up something for your experience the fifth time, but we took care of you the first four times. We don't allow ourselves that piece, right? Doesn't mean we don't screw up. We do, but we do everything in our power to make it right. So that's really how that came about. We were challenged so much. Josh, are you Red Cross? Are you the Salvation Army? Who do you think you are? Well, we want to do that through business, through food. Great food served with great hospitality. And how does that translate to the employees themselves? How are they indoctrinated into this culture? And how do they feel that feeling that they're supposed to give your patrons? 
So we are here on a cause, right? This is not just clock in and clock out. So that starts from the time they interview with us, the orientation process uh, reinforces that. Every day we have shift huddles, pre-shift huddles. That's something that we talk about. And there are some great examples like the Ritz-Carlton, which has a daily lineup. And we benchmark constantly, Josh. We learn from people who have done this so well, and we are only a fraction of it, of where we want to be. But I think this has helped us a lot that it's They say, repeat, 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 right? Constantly repeat the message. So everything that we can do, we have an appreciation program that ties to our values. We call it the COD Doing Good program, where we are able to give our frontline leaders that opportunity to be recognized. So every aspect has to have delight built into it. Now, let's go from planning to execution. So I'm sure you had a lot of this. You seem very academically minded. And so I'm sure that the plan on paper was absolutely beautiful. And then you open your first restaurant. And I'm curious to know, how did that plan hold up to the practical application of a living, breathing restaurant? You're so right. It was great on paper. We even had a vision for how we were going to be, right? And then we opened the doors and then all you can think about is, oh my God, we did not expect that we would be adopted right from day one. We didn't know what to expect. We're talking about opening a Indian fast casual in Cleveland, Ohio, right? And Indian is not, it's not necessarily the home of Indian food like UK might be. And we were just so surprised. And we, from day one, we got busy and we had the opportunity to serve people who had never had Indian food, to people who loved Indian food, to people who had opinions about Indian food, not necessarily very favorable. And how do you take that and make them all feel that there is something very special? So in training, and we continuously invest in that training, Josh, what we did, I look back on our first training and we look at ourselves and go, wow, that sounds like baby steps, right? Compared to what we have today. And I know three years from now, we'll say the same thing. Wow, that seemed quite like an amateur compared to what we have today. So that's a journey. So we worked on our scripts. We worked on teaching people, much like fine dining, food tasting, because it is a different kind of cuisine. It's not a salad that they may be familiar with. It's different. So we needed to have them understand that there are specific phrases, uh, how people might say things that they're used to, and how do you translate into our world? Where is uh, our salmon coming from? Why is it special? Those kinds of things. And we make our own spice blends. Why do we do that? Why don't we just buy from the shelf? So we had to teach that not only in every aspect of our food, but also how we interact with our guests. And we have had so many beautiful notes back. Cleveland Clinic often hosts people from outside the country and them coming to us saying my son wouldn't eat anything else. And this mango lassi was the only thing that he drank for several days. Things like that. Very heartwarming. To give you a little background into me and my story, when I was very young, I was 20 years old, I moved to Los Angeles with this idea that I was going to find like a very forward thinking concept in Los Angeles and then bring it back to Baton Rouge, which is where I was from in Southern Louisiana. And I was going to be a genius, right? I wasn't going to tell anyone that I sold the idea, but I was going to find the great idea and bring it back. And in several years into living in Los Angeles. What I discovered was Baton Rouge didn't need more Los Angeles, but Los Angeles could definitely use 
a lot of Baton Rouge and that those Southern values and our methods of hospitality. If you think back to the early 2000s, the Los Angeles culinary scene was just beginning to emerge. And I wanted to be part of that. And even though when people ask what I do for a living, I'm a restaurateur, I would argue that my highest and best use is as an evangelist for my culture and as an ambassador of my culture. And I knew that my highest and best use from the beginning was in storytelling. And it seems like that is an essential part of what you do as well, right? Yes. And we are about educating people, taking you back in the times on how people ate food. It was a community affair, right? It wasn't just, okay, you're your solo families and doing whatever you want. It was about actually creating communities through food, through sharing, and being there for each other through tough times and not so tough times, being able to celebrate each other's wins. And that's essentially what we had in our hearts. We wanted to bring to the modern world. COVID, of course, put in a very interesting spin on all of that, right? But barring that, I think we crave that as human beings. And I think that practically what you do is you make food and you sell it to people. But what you're actually doing is building community. And when I look at your vision, which is to transform the quality of life for every person we touch, you're not doing it through food and beverage. Food and beverage is the vehicle to build community. That's exactly right. And we have community tables in each of our locations. That was the vision, exactly. You watch your food coming out of these tandoor ovens and you're able to see the food being assembled and you're actually enjoying the pieces and then you can go back and get some more food and happiness being shared at the table and memories being created. That's really the intention of all of this. I'm actually having chills the way you described it because that's literally how we saw it. Well, I also want to talk about your values, your core values. When I saw the list of your core values, it was very difficult for me to tell whether those are your personal core values or the core values of the company. But then I thought to myself, well, I mean, isn't that amazing, right? That They're probably very close to the same thing, right? That is what we treasure. And I think that's what we were being very, very lucky, Josh, to have a great team. And I don't think they would have been here if they weren't believers of those core values. So it's a little piece of all of us, I think, is what it came down to it. And I think that's what draws people to our company. It's not like we are Google or Apple today, right? And what do you have to offer is an experience, a, a lifestyle at work, a thought process and environment at work. I want to talk about your core values specifically. Let's talk about the first one, candor. I am open and I say the unsaid. Tell me everything because that sounds as exciting (laughs) as it does terrifying. It does, doesn't it? And it doesn't mean that you take somebody and shred them apart. They could sound like that too, obviously with respect. But if a lot of stuff that we get into, why relationships aren't as deep and rich as they could be is because lack of candor. Being able to say what's on our minds, not saying that to someone else who can't even help with that process or uh, keeping it worse and then just bursting out after collecting a whole bunch of stuff, right? That's so typical. So that's really why we felt, and it's a art that is learned. It's not like you're born with it. And it's a very hard thing because you don't want to hurt people. That's why people don't accept candor very easily because you're worried about hurting. But guess what? The more you basically collect, you are going to hurt them someday whether intentionally or not intentionally. We found that candor brings velocity. 
velocity to any cause. And that's really what this is about. I'm still a student of candor, Josh. I'm not an expert by any means. It made us lighter. It made our partnerships richer. It allowed us to do things at lightning speed. And then I have also seen the opposite. When we didn't have candor, how bogged down we were and how heavy everything seemed, how long it took for something to be processed, and how difficult it was for people to be enrolled. Well, I think that's such an important conversation to have today, because I would argue that most of the foundational issues we have, whether it's profitability or the labor crisis, it all stems from a lack of candor, right? As owners and operators being unwilling or unable to have really difficult conversations with our customers around profitability, around pricing, around the effort that goes into creating an effortless experience. And then as operators, I see the same thing. How many difficult conversations have we avoided when we could have just set someone free, right? To go be excellent in something that they have natural ability for. Or to say, you're not happy in this role and I can tell. What can we do to make you happy, even if that includes a separation from the company? I mean, as I say it, you get a knot in your stomach because nobody wants to have these conversations. But, yes. but they're absolutely essential. And I would agree. If velocity is the focus, if growth and excellence are your focus, candor is an essential element. I remember some mentors telling me not having those conversations soon enough, which kind of broke relationships or caused someone to be average for a very long time. And when they were freed up, they just flew somewhere else, right? If you want to look at the totality of it, there is a lot of blessings in being able to be candid, you know, full of candor. And it takes some trust building, but you can't be having candor with someone you have never had time with or understand that they're open to it. And then we've been schooled as well, because a lot of times founders are very certain. <laughs> they have answers and this is how they've done all the time. And being able to have someone else show you the mirror and say, hey, maybe you're not all that in this area. I know that fear, the fear of losing everything or almost as bad, the fear that you'll have to grind on for years at the restaurant without things ever getting better. Hope is nice, but you need help. So I'm going to leverage my 20 years in this industry and the 200 interviews I've done to give you the help that you need. I'm hosting a free webinar this month called The Scaling Session. Over 90 minutes together, I'm going to lay out exactly what you need to do to scale profitability, scale brand awareness, and scale customer frequency. Go to restaurantwebinar.com to sign up today. To make sure that everybody gets what they need from the event, seating is limited. I'm only allowing 25 guests so that you all get the individualized attention that you deserve. Go to restaurantwebinar.com to secure your spot today. The next core value is integrity. And you say, I honor my word implied or given on time. And I'm curious to know because it's all well and good. I mean, being a restaurateur is difficult day to day, but how hard was it to honor your word implied or given over the last two years with so many things changing? Very, very hard. And we had to figure out other ways to honor our word, right? It wasn't just so could we not keep the dining rooms open? Yes, there were many months where we couldn't keep the dining rooms open. And we had this community table where we we're going to invite you to and you could be a part of. So we couldn't. With our teams, we had to work through ways on how could we honor 
our word to them so that they have a great life. So Josh, do you know what some of the things we took and you talked about practical improvement, actionable items. So I wanted to share this with you. We shut down the store at eight o'clock every evening during the pandemic in the early days, allowed people to go home, be with their families. And then we discovered it became a delight factor. So we actually have stayed with that now. We are closed at eight. Chick-fil-A closes on Sunday, brings a lot of delight to their teams, while our eight o'clock is sort of along those lines, right? So it allows people to get home and be with their families. Second thing we observed was that, hey, how do we create holidays? Memorial Day is not a day often that as restaurateurs, we get to spend with our families, <laughs> right? But if you are in some kind of tech company, you're probably going to have that. So how do we kind of create that? So last year, during the pandemic and the year after, we took a lot of bold steps. We are now closed for major holidays. So we've had people who have never had the opportunity to spend Memorial Day with their families, picnicking with their families, and now they're able to. And not everything is about just dollars and cents. There is more than that. And it actually is a very virtuous cycle we have discovered. Sales do tend to compress and people do appreciate that the team gets to have a lifestyle that would be equivalent to most other industries. So that was very important to us. We created an appreciation program. So you have to try harder to your question about, can you keep your word? Maybe not the same way. So that's why innovation is so critical in concert with integrity, how could you constantly find different ways to delight? When you talk about hours of operation, the first thing I thought was, it's your business and you're running your business. Your business isn't running you. And I think it's lost on so many independent restaurant owners and operators that you can set your hours of operation and be whatever works for you. I coach a guy, he owns an Italian restaurant. He's open four days a week and he generates a million dollars a year in top line revenue. The guy's doing really well. And he's a young guy. And he goes, initially, I felt bad. I felt like I was lazy. But at the end of the day, <laughs> this is what works for me. And I'm able to carve out a life. And this is my business. And I'm making my business work with my lifestyle. And I think what you're doing and what he's doing, it symbolizes a new era in our industry. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree because in the past, you had to have a model, right? That was a common model. And now you have to find ways that is best for your world, for the people in your world. And if you're not adaptable and flexible to whatever comes at us, you don't get to grow. And there's the old saying, you grow or die. And I'd rather be on the grow side. Your third core value is joy. And you say, I create impact and I love what I do. Yes. I have conversations with restaurateurs all the time and joy, happiness, fulfillment. These are not ideals that are brought up in casual conversation. It isn't the central focus. And even though you think way back to when you started your career and you thought it would make you happy, you thought that there would be joy in what you're doing. But by the time a restaurant actually opens, it's like joy is almost baked out of the equation, <laughs> right? I'm just trying to survive. If I can get through today without crying in the employee restroom, it's a win. And so, how, you know, and then look at you. You've got joy baked dead center into the middle of your core values to remind you on a daily basis that this is a non-negotiable. How do you make that work? How do you create space for joy and balance in your life and in your business? 
I think celebration is such an important part of joy, right? Celebrating accomplishments, celebrating little wins. We think life has to be about these big milestones. Reality is, is the little celebrations that make up most of your life. So why would we not take advantage of each and every one of them, right? So we work very hard on anniversaries, anything that was good, whether we got a kick-ass score on a stereotype audit, a food safety audit, or if you had a fabulous mystery shop or guest experience scores were off the charts, or your team member had a baby, or they bought a house, whatever that is, I think it is an important, important element. So we created an appreciation program not too long ago when COVID hit us. That was one of the things that we did. It's a formal program where we actually celebrate Every month, we send out cookies, cupcakes, celebrating everybody's anniversaries. It's like a birthday with our company, in our view. That's really what that is. And so celebrating that. So as many things as we can celebrate, we'll celebrate anything. So that's uh, one of the biggest things that we do. And I think we take ourselves too seriously sometimes in life, I think, to the point of what might have been a goal might actually overshadow everything else in our lives, our relationships, our significant others, families, because it takes a lot, right, to be a restaurateur, as you know, and I have such huge admiration for everyone who works in our industry. You give a lot of yourself to be a part of something like this. You also get to impact a lot in that whole process. Food, I hope, will never get old, especially great food. I hope we'll never get to the point of just having an injection and be done with it. I hope it never gets to that day. I hope we always enjoy and find food in new ways and innovative ways and continue to enjoy that. I think we are in the business of giving joy. So why shouldn't we enjoy that process? So I'm not saying that every day we are jumping up and down and enjoy. That's not how it works. Joy has to be reinforced. Joy needs to be something that needs to be reminded So that's a very important aspect. We have to constantly remind ourselves how many things we are blessed for, how many things that we have that many others don't, how many chances we have gotten. Even through the pandemic, our guests stood by us. They didn't leave us. And we are here today as proof of that. So there's just so much. And the people who fought through everything, masks, it was hot in the kitchen. Our teams were wearing masks. How glorious of giving is that, right? So just the little things, the little wins, and remembering that we are here on this earth for a limited period of time is, I think, the biggest thing we can do for ourselves. So if we can serve others with that in our hearts, it's not a chore. It's not work. It becomes a mission and a cause. Your next core value is excellence. And you say, I live and inspire excellence. And I think back to reading Setting the Table by Danny Meyer, and he talks about this excellence reflex, right? That some people are just born to pick up that piece of trash they see on the ground, whether it's in their house or in their restaurant or in someone else's restaurant. There are people that are just compelled to be excellent by nature. How do you find those people and how do you inspire excellence in your team? So. Excellence is something we benchmark constantly. We learn from others all the time. Josh, we actually have been students of the Baldrige, Malcolm Baldrige framework. You're probably familiar with that. And there are two restaurant companies that have ever won this award to date. And we are such huge students. And it's about extraordinary processes leading to extraordinary results. That's how simple it is. And you could say, I'm going to be the best at making blue paint. 
It could be as simple as that. That could be your vision. And they will hold you to that and they do your processes and results reflect that. And so in our world, are we really transforming the quality of lives of everyone we touch, right? So we have been very lucky and blessed to attend courses and classes and learn from all these great Malcolm Baldrige winners. And we take away something every time, some nugget, right? In one of the cases, which is David McCluskey Institute of Excellence, we have been there dozens and dozens of times. And every time we come back with a new process thought, our team will create something very powerful. So things like that. We also are students of the scaling up framework. So that's another thing that we deploy in our world. So excellence is something that creates pride. Nobody is happy being mediocre at the end of the day. You talked about joy. I think they're very connected, joy and excellence. Let's talk about growth. It's your final core value. And you say, I drive my organizational and personal advancement. So one of my core tenets is that personal growth is professional growth. And so I want to start by asking, what have you done to improve yourself as a restaurateur, as a business person, as a leader, as a human being? So my team and I, we are self-improvement junkies, if I can use that word. It's unbelievable. We have been students of so many things. I have also learned that the mind is an incredible device. It can work with you or work against you, but you have to train it, right? So we are huge fans of Tony Robbins, for example. We do a lot of their work. It's all a mindset tool at the end of the day. And we read books and we will go to conferences and seminars that will allow us to, how do we get to our peak potential, right? And how do we reinforce this, recommit to it? Because we realize also six months ago, I might have taken a course six months later, right like how I was, I can get back right back to the old ways. <laughs> and how do I create those excellence habits? How do I create those transformational habits? So we do that a lot in our world. And we have committed to that. And I think that's a lifelong journey. I don't think it'll stop any day soon. So you guys have Chula, which is a true like multi-unit independent, but then you guys also own Five Guys franchises. Yes. And I'm curious, how has the education and the experience of owning these Five Guys franchises impacted the way you run Kula? Hula? Chula. You got it. Chula. Yeah. <laughs> Chula, uh. absolutely. Chula, by the way, means oven. So that's really mm -hmm. the meaning of it. So there is a lot. So when we got into the Five Guys franchise world, there were about a handful of stores that were operating. We were one of the earliest franchisees. What was amazing to us is the level of passion of the founders, their commitment to quality and their ability to say no to things, right? It's actually a very powerful lesson. It's hard to say no, but if you can say no, that means you're focused. And if you can stay focused, you can do great things. And that's an example that we learned from them as well. And they have been phenomenal. I, we've watched them grow from six or seven locations to now well over 1,800 locations across the world. And just by being very, very focused on their true north, never compromising. So we learned quality lessons. We learned lessons of how to be in integrity to your vision and to your product. So lots of great lessons that came from Five Guys. Now, how has that affected the way you see growth? When you look at your targets for 2022, 2023, 2025, especially post-pandemic, right? Because I think the idea of growth 
has just changed completely, right? Some people are going really wide. Some people are going really deep. What does growth look like for you? So, you know, it's a very interesting question you proposed here. In 2020, beginning of 2020, we were ready to take over the world. We were ready. Our box was ready, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then universe reminded us, no, not quite yet. And you have some work to do. So we actually retooled ourselves into a prototype that is a footprint that is very friendly to today's world of huge amounts of digital focus, right? We were able to do that and we were able to get technology forward. We've always been tech geeks, but even more so because of the pandemic, we were able to put some of the best technologies in our world. And thanks to some amazing giants who were ready and willing to work with emerging concepts like ourselves. So that was a huge thing. And our team, it's like the team, little engine that could, right? That's what it reminds me of. We have an extraordinary team that never said die. They kept looking at what could we do differently? How could we innovate and how could we be the best that we can be? So now we are at a point where because of that, we look very different from how the prototype might have been in January of 2020. Tremendous amount of innovation went into it to the point that that might be something we would have arrived at, Josh, naturally, maybe over a course of five years, right? But it just accelerated practically five to seven years in a very short period of time. So now we are at a point where we feel we can take this anywhere. And where is anywhere? What does anywhere look like? Our dream is Chula in every corner of the globe. This is something that has been in our hearts, right? So our hope is we keep doing the right things and the right avenues will appear. The right partnerships will appear in our world. As long as we stay true, that we will transform the quality of life of everyone we touch. Well, that's what I was going to ask next is what are the safeguards? What are the guardrails that you have in place to make sure that when you scale or as you scale, that you're doing it with the same intentionality for the brand. So that is a very important piece in every decision we make, whether it is an ingredient or a menu that we introduce, or whether it is someone we bring into the leadership team, or it is a partnership. So it's a deliberate process. It cannot be something that you can do off the cuff. And I hope we stay that way, Josh. This is a question I hope I can answer in five years for you, because this is really the million dollar problem. How do you not dilute who you are at your core? And it requires a lot of enrollment and a lot of people buying into and aligning with, right? And so far, we've been very blessed with an extraordinary group of people in our ecosystem. And we hope we'll continue to have that same kind of deliberation in our next picks. This is an industry podcast, and at the end of every episode, I like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement for the independent restaurant owners and operators that are listening out there? Absolutely. First of all, I'm so grateful that you are serving your constituents, and I'm so grateful for you being there in the roles that you play. Things get hard, but things also shift and change, and it's about constant change. So never give up based on something that may not be working today, but is there another way? There's always a way, and I hope you find that way. That's Raji Sankar. For more on Chula, visit Chula.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. 
Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.